Yes, and we're back after a short break. And uh, we finished with um, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 with verses 10 uh, and, and uh, 11. Um, uh, but my wife wanted me to point out something to you, and she's right, and I'm going to do it. It says in here, um, it says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, in verse 10, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now, that means sure in your own mind. And it says, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. And some people think that the way to keep your salvation is to do good works. No. If you just go back to John 3, 16, whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life and not a word about good works is mentioned. And he's not mentioning good works here. He's talking about the, your ability, your preparation to combat apostasy. So keep these verses in the context. The three most important words in Bible interpretation are context, context, and context. If you take verse 10 out of its context, you might think you can lose your salvation. When you keep it in context, it's talking about your service to God. And then he says in verse 11, um, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? That, that means maybe I lost my salvation. No, here's what it means. Here's what it means. If you um, forgot, if you, if you fail to add these things to your faith, uh, then you'll be unfruitful. And, and, and then that means you will get no rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, but you shall be saved anyway, even if you did not get a crown. And that's what this abundantly is. Will we have to live in a different neighborhood if we don't have crowns? <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not even going to address that. Okay. I don't know, but there, well, but yes. Oh, yes. Um, there are some people will get many crowns. Some will get a few, but you know what you do with crowns? Revel and, and you're getting me away from the text. You know, you know what you do with crowns? Uh, you get crowns for a reason, because in Revelation chapter four, the first several verses talks about the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on his thrones and the elders praising him and casting their, their crowns, crowns at his feet. feet. That's right. These are not crowns that you're going to wear throughout eternity. You're as soon as <laughs> as soon as Jesus comes and and. And, and he, he, we go through the tribulation and everybody now is in heaven. We'll go stand, sit before, we'll, we'll stand before the crown and praise God and take the crowns that we earn and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Boom. And but, throw them at the feet of Jesus. we don't deserve these. These, these, are, these belong to you. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is how I get him to preach. Okay. <laughs> It doesn't take that much. I, <laughs> I really. must admit that. He okay. says then in verse 12 of chapter 1, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them. Though ye know them, if you give me a chance to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Though ye know them, 
and be established in the present truth. So if you're established in the present truth, what good is remembrance? You've got to continue to remember that you're saved, okay. sanctified, and, 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 uh, and that you're serving. These are the things that you got to remember. Have I, are there times when I don't think about the fact that I'm saved? Very few, but yeah. And if you'll admit it, uh, you too, all yeah. of us. Oh, yeah. And so that's why Peter says, I'm not going to be negligent to put you in remembrance of these things. It's not always the foremost thing in your mind, is it? Not always, and it should be, it should but be. not always because you still have a sin nature yep. that will not be abolished until you get to heaven, until yep. you're raptured or Jesus comes again with you. Okay. And it says, and it, you be established in the present truth. Yep. So you need to be established in the present truth, which is all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Not by works of righteousness as we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. For we, by grace you say through faith, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast, and, and on and on. But that's the present truth. And then he says, yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And isn't that what we're doing here? Isn't that really our job? Mm -hmm. And by the way, if there are any pastors uh, listening in, I, I, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just telling you what the word says. And we leaders ought to be constant, constantly putting people in remembrance of their salvation and their purpose for being here and what they're having to fight against in these last days. Because he says this in, in chapter 1, verse 14, he says, Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. Now what's that mean? Peter oh. knew that he was pretty close to death. Yeah. He was probably of an old age, and probably things were happening to him um, that happens to old folks. And, uh, and uh, Curtis, while you may not know this, I certainly do, but... Uh, there are things that we I can't do that I once used to do. And so and so but so so I know that my death is near. I'm 81 years old. My mother lived to 102. I don't know how much longer I've got to live. Uh, I feel pretty healthy. Uh, and my voice certainly is, as you can tell. But goodness sake, uh, we all need to know that as is appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment. And so and so we need to while we're here. And that's what Peter's saying. While I'm here, uh, it's my job to put you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. And if you'll read John chapter 21, verses 8 and 9, you'll see where Jesus Christ showed Peter. He was going to die. Then he says in verse 15, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Curtis, how many times have I told you? My mom used to say, Dickie, the Bible is the word of God. Time. 
and time and time again. How many times did my, now I told you that my father, when I was called to preach, told me that, that if you, before you point your index finger at your audience, you point it first at yourself. I had good teachers and they were my parents and I, they're both with the Lord now, but I remember how they raised me and how my mother spanked me, not literally, but figuratively with the Schofield reference Bible for crying out loud, always quoting scripture to me. Um, then he says this, he's always, he wants, he wants, after I'm gone, I want you to remember these things that I'm telling you. Then he says, uh, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. There are a lot of fables about salvation out there. There are these days, yes. One of the fables is you have to be baptized to be saved. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Water baptism for only for those who are saved, and it's to be done as a testimony to others and to your leaders uh, that you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Ethiopian eunuch so said the, the Apostle Paul, he said, he says, well, what, how come, what's hindered me from being baptized? He says, he said to the eunuch, if you believe with all your heart, you may be. Baptism Water baptism does not wash away one stinking sin. Nope. Faith in Jesus Christ and his shed blood does. Yep. That's right. There's fables. There are a lot of fables. He says, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Well, where did they see him? They saw him on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. Uh, he, he was along, Peter was with, uh, with James and John. They went up on the Mount with Jesus Christ and he was transfigured before them. He, he, he changed instantly into a glorified body. He hadn't been he hadn't been crucified yet. He hadn't been buried yet. Hadn't resurrected yet. But he was showing them what they were to be like. He says we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So what Peter's saying is, I've got some authority here, folks. Then he says in verse seventeen, for he received from God the Father, honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's what happened on that mount. That's right. And Peter says in verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Well, Good grief, we don't have that. We've never seen that. That's My right. goodness, no wonder he no wonder he's thinks he has such authority. No wonder he's preaching like this. No wonder he's thumping the pulpit, uh, thumping the Bible and pounding the pulpit. By the way, I, I've never thumped a Bible. Neither okay. Have I. Yeah, the other because and then he says this, and, and note this very carefully. Note this, and here's why you should keep your Bible open and believe the Bible, uh, not me, uh, not not Dr. Huff and Puff, 
believe the word of God. And we're not saying things that come from us. We're saying things that come from the scriptures. And Peter says this, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. This is verse 19. Verse 19. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. What's the more sure word of prophecy? Folks, it's this. One of the myths that's being, uh, what's, what's being uh, sent out into Christian churches today, that God didn't dictate his word. He, he only inspired it. Well, yeah. for crying out loud. What did Jesus mean when he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that God inspired? No, he said, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that's what this more sure word of prophecy is. Let's go on to verse 20. And you'll see that's just exactly what I'm talking about. He says, knowing this first. This is the utmost thing that you need to combat apostasy. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Beware of cultism. Beware of denominations that, that honor and revere a man rather than God. Or another book. Or a book. Does that sound like I'm pounding on Mormonism? Well, yes. Yeah. That's right. And Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's right. Almost every other cult out there. Every cult out there. So beware of these cults. So he says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. The word private it, it comes from a Greek word that a Greek word that means one's own. We, we, we don't believe stuff that came from this one person or that one person. Because he goes on to say, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. I just got done saying to my wife, uh, do we believe the notes in the Bible or do we believe in the Bible itself? Now, I'm not opposed to have, of, of Bibles that have notes in it that help you with scriptures. I'm opposed that Bible, uh, Bibles that give notes that give a man's opinion. Yeah. If you can't say it from the Bible, shut up. One of my rules of study and, and teaching is if God said it, stand up and speak up. If God didn't say it, sit down and shut up. Well, I'm standing up and speaking up because this is what Peter said. Prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But, remember how many times Peter said but in 1 Peter? 28 times. But see, here's a, here's a conjunction of contrast. He says, the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration means God's breath. And what did God's breath do? It moved on his vocal cords and caused him to speak and dictate his word. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. That doesn't mean sinlessly perfect because God knows that you can't be. It means mature, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Okay. So holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So what Peter is saying here, he says, I'm not writing this uh, because of what I believe. I mean, I believe it, but I'm writing it because God intended for me to write it. He inspired me to write it. Mm-hmm. He not only did that, he told me to write it. Mm-hmm. This was not an invitation. Yeah. This was an instruction. He didn't tell me to sit down and write a, write a book and he would supervise it. Nope. He gave me exactly what to write. That's exactly right. He did that to everybody. All of the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. So these are things that we need to know. Let's make a quick review of things that we need to, to know to be prepared for. Uh, we we need to uh, we need to to understand uh, our most precious faith. We need to have a knowledge of the Word of God. We need to add to our faith seven things. We need to add to them. We need to be consistent in our study of the word of God. We need to understand that we, uh, that, that there are rewards awaiting for us at the end of our life. Uh, we need to understand that not everybody will get crowns. Some people will fall not from grace. They will fall uh, in their uh, daily living for, for God and, and they will fail from time to time. But if these things be in you and are present all the time, You'll not fall. And understand this, Peter says, I'm going to be, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be, and as long as I'm in this life, I'm going to tell people uh, uh, what's, what's going to happen with apostates. And, and I want them to be ready. And he says, I want people to be diligent. I want people to remember all these things. Uh, and, and he said, and he said, and, and here's, here's the cap on this preparation, uh, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, but that this word of God came directly from the Holy Spirit of God who cannot, does not, will not ever lie. So this is our preparation, knowledge and practice of the scriptures to put it briefly. Now, let's go into 2 Peter chapter 2. I don't know if we're going to have much fun with this one, Curtis. This is, this is a difficult one uh, for people to swallow and for people to, to learn and for people to read because it says some things that are, that are pretty tough. And we don't like to think that we're going to a church where this is happening today. But you see, what happens is... Uh, uh, apostasy is insidious. The apostate doesn't come into your church and say, well, I'm an apostate. No, no, no. He hides the truth from you. I've never heard that from a pulpit. That's, That's right. right. And, and, and then they hide the truth from you. Uh, they, they withhold it and they mangle it. Uh, they, they change it into their own opinions. And so watch out. So, uh, so now Peter's going to go from, 
from the preparation of the believer to um, to what what's apostates are, are all about, and and here's what they are, and 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 it's just it's just uh, aggravates me when when we don't understand and take and heed warnings. Curtis, there were times when you hurt yourself when you didn't heed Daddy's warnings. Is that correct? That would be correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and, would and be correct. That's right. That's right. Did Daddy warn you about dating the wrong kind of girl? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get hurt? Sure. Not once. <laughs> Does that mean more than once? I okay. Uh, That's exactly uh, what that means. Enough of our personal foibles because because. I'm still, I'm still having a sin nature, and I need these warnings constantly. Yeah. That's why I'm in the Bible every day, and and I'm not better than you are, folks. I never have been, never will be. I'm only as good as I get knowledge of the scriptures and keep them in remembrance, and heed the warnings. Now, here's the warnings. You ready? Second mm-hmm. Peter chapter two. Peter often refers to the Old Testament. He's a Jew and the Jews loved the Old Testament. That was their Bible before Jesus Christ came. And he says this, but there were false prophets also among the people. If I went and told you about all the prophets that were false prophets in the Old Testament, we would never get through uh, one of those prophets oh, was Baal. Yeah. Uh, you'll find that in First Second Kings. Oh, yeah. But anyway, there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be. Do you get that? Shall be false teachers among you. It's going to happen. It might be your pastor. It might be one of your elders. It might be your Sunday school teacher. Might be your youth director. Might be your youth director. Could be any of those. Watch out. And here's why. There there shall be false teachers among you who privily or privately or secretly shall bring in damnable heresies. Heresy is simply false doctrine. Even denying the Lord that bought them. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Well, I'm reading you from the Bible. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. The Word of God says this this can possibly happen. Watch out. And it says, denying the Lord that bought them. You're not saved by blood. You know, shedding of blood is not for the, you know, baptism that takes away your sin, not the shedding of a, what? What? That's denying the Lord. It is, yeah. Yeah. Exactly what it is. Jesus is not going to come back, uh, you know, visibly. Oh, wait a minute. That's denying the Lord that bought them. By the way, are these apostates saved? No. Then why are we saying the Lord bought them? Because the Lord died for them as much as they died for me. That's right. They have just rejected him. 
And isn't it interesting that Peter, who denied the Lord three times, should say this? And it says, and the Lord bought them, and bring, and they shall bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Right. They'll get a following. They'll go on television. They'll be a super good speaker. They'll, they'll wear nice clothing, um, and they shall say nice things. Uh, they won't they won't tell you about your sins. Um, they'll they'll tell you about uh, how you can be good. Jolting, huh? Jolting. Yeah, I, I, he he said Joel Osteen. That's uh, what I said. Yeah, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. He's the biggest. Yep, and he is marketer of the positives. By the way, his his congregation fills every seat in the place. All yeah, the time. yeah, yeah. And he says, many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. People will love this kind of a ministry. Are you hearing me? What? Don't, don't follow these people. That's right. Don't love their pernicious ways just because it sounds pretty and sounds good. And it's, and it's a pretty picture and all of that stuff. Sin is still sin, folks, and it still kills and it's still dirty, it's still filthy, and, it's, and, and it needs to be cleaned up. And Jesus Christ shed his blood to do that. And he cleaned it up on your behalf positionally, but you got to clean it up practically. That's right. And we're, yeah. not doing, we're not doing unbelievers any favors by... And so he continues. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness... What? Yeah, they'll love to have the following. And the bigger the following, the bigger the offering. The bigger the offering, uh, the more TV stations we can buy, the better my clothes I can wear. That's what the covetousness really I, is, is the, the, the lust and the pursuit of the, the dollar. That's right. Money. Through covetous shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. What? Fake. They're fakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. In other words, they've had plenty of time to do damage. Yeah, yeah. And they've had plenty of time to dig themselves their own hole. Yeah, they have done that. And it says this, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, wow, look at Isaiah chapter 14. Lucifer was cast down into the earth and he took, according to the revelation, took one third of the angels with him. God cast one third of the, you know how many angels there were, Curtis? Innumerable. You can't count them. We don't know. So there's got to be a whole bunch of them. We know that one third of them, I and, believe. But we know that one third of them were cast out of heaven and he, and he delivered them into chains of darkness to be delivered unto judgment. Watch out, false teachers, and watch out people in churches who have these false teachers. Yeah. Get rid of them or walk out and find someone who's doing it correctly according to the scriptures, right. and they're not afraid to say it. That's right. And by the way, and God spared not the old world, according to chapter 2, verse 5, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly good grief look at this look at this now we're gonna we're gonna end with this verse 
and pick up next time at verse uh, verse six. But men's sin and rejection of God brought complete and total destruction, destruction of the earth by water and only eight people yeah. survived it. I wonder if there are eight people in your congregation. Only eight people. I wonder. Now the local church I go to, we don't have an apostate. We got a guy that fights it. We got a guy that preaches the truth. Yep. I mean, without equivocation. And you need to find a church today if you don't have one where there's a man in the pulpit who loves and believes this word of God and teaches it faithfully and teaches it, uh, uh, you know, word for word, historically, grammatically, dispensationally. Find out those things and, uh, and, and find a place. Now, we're going to close and we'll see you the next time. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you for, for the living word, Jesus Christ, which paid uh, the price for our sins. We thank you for your written word now that you've given to us by which we can have a better knowledge of you and a better knowledge to fight apostasy. And then we thank you for, um, for your Holy Spirit, which leads us and guides us into all truth in the word of God. One of the truths is that Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And by grace are you saved through faith. If you're not saved today, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you and, and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.